Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Oh, hello there. Don't mind me, I was just trying to teach myself voodoo powers because a long time WW watcher, I am now learning that eventually everybody can teach themselves magic. But nobody has actually come into my house and educated me, so I assumed if I just extended my fingers and went, which I assume is a magic noise, something will happen. I've been trying for a long time, and so far, zero. But my name is Simon Miller, welcome to Ups and Downs. We are indeed about to review Extreme Rules 2021. I only had one Extreme Rules match, so it may as well have been called No Extreme Rules, which is a terrible name for a pay-per-view. But before we do do that, a shout out to Tops, who have indeed once again sponsored our pay-per-view video, and I implore you to go to tops.com right now to understand why they are the best when it comes to WWE trading cards. I mean, everyone likes trading cards. Don't pretend you don't. Whether you're a kid or whether you're an adult, we all like them because look, I'm going to open a pack right now and I'm going to see what I get right line. I got Edge. Oh my gosh, he's all shiny and he's got 80 defense. That's pretty damn good. I've got Brett the Hitman Hart. Honestly, this was like a pack was made for me. <laughs> I got Damian Priest. He had a good evening. We'll do one more. And I got Sasha Banks. Honestly, I didn't plan this, but it just goes to show tops are the best. So thanks as always for tops for sponsoring this video. And again, keep an eye on the channel because we will be giving away free stuff in live streams and who knows where else. It's a salute to tops. And with that said, yes, get your asses comfy, put them in a seat, and let's up those downs for non-extreme rules. Morgan versus Carmelo was our pre-show match today, and I think it's time for us all to start supporting pre-show matches and move away from this idea that they're not important. Now, don't get me wrong, that was WWE's fault after that debacle at Survivor Series a couple of years ago, but that was in the past. Let's celebrate the future or the present. And I thought this was more than fine. Up. Carmella was doing a whole, oh man, I'm so hot and you're not stick beforehand. So Liv Morgan walked out. She beat the flubble sticks out of her, including taking her lovely face and smashing it into an out table. She then put her back in the ring. She hit the oblivion, you know, you get it because it's her name. And she got the victory. So now here is me. I'm standing here with everything crossed going, oh my gosh, please push her. Please allow her to climb up the Morgan mountain because we have done this before, WWE. And then poof, she just vanishes. Listen to the crowd. Everyone likes Liv Morgan. Let's fire out of a gun and send her to the moon. I then honestly thought I'd tuned into the wrong show, which makes no sense because I pushed play on Extreme Rules 2021. 
but it was the New Day taking on AJ Styles, Omos, and Bobby Lashley. I was like, I don't remember them announcing this. I mean, they may have done it on social media, but I'm not on there all the time. As it turns out, WWE had just gone WWE. I mean, they are a funny bunch, aren't they? And also, taking Raw out of the picture, this is the first time we've seen the New Day together for ages, and it was on pay-per-view. I'm pretty sure you could have started going, oh my god, everybody get excited. But look, it's a multi-man match in WWE. These are always good up. My favourite part was watching Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston go at it at the early going with AJ Styles, to the point that should become a storyline. AJ Styles should just start fighting everybody on the roster. So we could do AJ Styles versus Damian Priest, we could do AJ Styles versus Chad Gable. Wrong brand, I don't care. We could do AJ Styles versus Reggie. I need this. It all built to Big E tagging in. He was all like, oh, I want you, Bobby Lashley, because I hate you. And then the New Day were all putting the boots to him, so that was kind of cool. But this is Bob that we're talking about. And before long, he had grabbed Kofi Kingston. And he was just tucking him around the ring. I almost tagged in and he got a good reaction. And that always makes me feel warm and fuzzy in my tum-tum. But then my brain went, which is the noise it sometimes happens. And I was like, why the hell is Omos teaming with Bobby Lashley? Because a few weeks ago in Raw, didn't he give him the tree slam? And the answer is yes, WWE. Don't think that we forget we are massive, massive wrestling nerds. Biggie then got another hot tag, which must mean the first one was a lukewarm tag, whatever the hell that would be. And then we were just getting big move near fall, big move near fall, big move near fall. But again, it always works. And I was sat there going, wait, whoa, like I was having some kind of breakdown, but the breakdown was good. But this was kind of intriguing too, in terms of what we're going to do next. Because AJ Styles and Bobby Lashley basically had a massive miscommunication when Bob kind of tagged himself in and then he went for a spear on Big E but AJ was like what's going on he got speared instead so Big E was like all right he hit the big ending on to Bob if you can believe it and he pinned him for the one two three so I didn't see that coming and I liked it now I do admit at some point Big E is going to have to beat Bobby Lashley without a bunch of shenanigans so Bobby Lashley can't come out and go oh I hurt my knees and AJ Styles did this the point is Big E got a win a small part of me, this part right here, is still terrified that WWE is going to start booking him to lose. But right now, it ain't happening. So Becky Lynch getting ready for her match after this. And the fans went, ah, it's Becky Lynch. They didn't do that. Sounds like they're falling off a building. Ah, no, they were excited. They were excited to see Becky Lynch. So this whole plan ain't really working. It was a tag team heavy affair to start Extreme Rules as well. Because our next match was the Street Profits taking on the Usos. This was Fabu. I mean, they kind of did exactly what we had just seen, but again, these guys are so damn talented, they did it well. And the fans was going crazy, I was going crazy, my mum was going crazy, mostly because I rang her at 2 a.m. in the morning. I was like, Mom, I'm watching this really good tag team match, and she doesn't care. She said a lot of naughty words, but to be fair, it made sense. We also had a story here, because Montez Ford's ribs had been murked on SmackDown and by the Usos after they'd beaten him up. So it was like, oh my gosh, no, Jimmy and Jay keep going after the midsection. How the hell is he going to survive? This is all you need to do, plant those seeds. Dawkins got the tag, and this guy's been on fire recently, and he got a really good near fall after a swinging netbreaker. But then Montez was back in, and he went for the splash, but he missed, so Jimmy or Jay, I get confused, because Roman Reigns has completely screwed up my brain. Went for the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, but Montez Ford kicked out. This was just like boom, 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 bang, bang, bang. It didn't deter Ford, though, after he then ran towards the ring post and did this dive that was so nuts he must have ended up in a different zip code before landing onto the Usos. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. He then also finally did hit his splash, but that was another one too. Oh, I can't believe it. 
Montez Ford doesn't make sense. Somebody needs to do a test on Montez Ford just to make sure he's human because human beings shouldn't be able to get that high. If you were then saying, well, I would like some emotion, boom, WWE gave it to you because just as Ford was about to get kicked in the face, Dawkins put his own head in the way and he took the bullet. But sadly, this was an absolute waste of time because Jimmy and Jay still gave Montez Ford the double super kick. They gave him the double splash as well. There was nothing he could do because again, he was like, oh, my stomach, my poor, poor stomach. And the referee counted three, still your SmackDown Tag Team Champions, Jimmy and Jay. And would you look at that? The champions won because they had a game plan and they executed it and we didn't need any kind of shenanigans and we didn't need any kind of ridiculousness. Turns out we were just saving that for the end of the show. Bobby Lashley was then back and sheesh, Bob, what the hell is wrong with you? Because he was all like, oh man, Biggie, I'm so mad at you. You're nothing but a coward and you're nothing but a chicken ship. Now, he didn't say ship, you know what he was getting at. That's like, Bobby, that's kind of a crappy insult. Oh man, you're a massive chicken. You can't just throw an obscenity after it and expect it to have more impact. Although to be fair, he was really, really mad and he wants a shot at Biggie tonight on Raw. And they all went silly. Good old WWE, they were rocking and rolling. Now let's not be too unfair, because Charlotte Flair versus Alexa Bliss for the Raw Women's title was a really fine match. I was enjoying it, they had some good moves, there were some cool near falls again, we've talked about that. And when you took all the hocus pocus and magic and moved it to one side, it was just like, oh yeah, these two guys have really good chemistry. I mean, Alexa Bliss was doing cannonballs off the apron to the outside, Charlotte was doing tilt to world backbreakers, we saw a Hurricane Rana that took Flair's face and just flung her into the bottom rope. It was just a well put together wrestling match. There's also a great near fall after a sunset bomb, an even better one when Alexa Bliss kind of missed the twisted bliss but hit a DDT instead. But at that point, I knew what was going to happen. She had come too close too many times and the ending was near. Because Charlotte got her foot on the bottom rope at the very last second and then decided, oh yeah, Alexa Bliss really likes this doll Lily. I'm going to get it and I'm going to try and destroy it. And then she threw it to Alexa Bliss and even the commentators went, oh man, that's kind of a distraction by Lily. I was like, what are you talking about, you absolute buffoons? Lily ain't real. Lily is a doll and an inanimate object. Charlotte is causing the distraction here. Also, this was a little bit silly. Bliss also lost her damn mind, which allowed Charlotte to hit her with the big boot and the natural selection and get the one, two, three. And even up to this point, I am still going to give it an up because again, I thought they did a damn good job. However, it then continued because Charlotte went back to Lily and she just ripped it to pieces. And because of this, Alexa Bliss had some kind of meltdown in the middle of the ring. Now, one, it went on for way too long. Honestly, it got a little bit uncomfortable. But two, Alexa spent a lot of her time going, ah, ah, ah. And there was so much screaming. I was like, man, I hope no one comes to my door right now. They're going to be wondering what the flub I'm watching. Bliss also tried to stop Charlotte doing this, but Flair just grabbed her and chucked her over the announce table. And look, I do totally get this. And I do appreciate WWE trying this stuff. And also, it takes all of 20 seconds to go on social media and see all these kids who look up to Alexa Bliss and think it's really cool. But I am not a little kid. I am a grown ass geek man and this stuff just isn't for me. And it also went on for around about 82 years. That's why it's getting it down. We also do have to count this as a distraction, which has got to be one of the silliest ones ever. So bring down the board and it rolls up to 104. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. More teasing between Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman next, and I just love this because Paul Heyman was on the phone to someone when, like, Kayla Braxton almost slid into his DM. She just went, whoop, and appeared from nowhere. When all of a sudden, Paul was like, would you get out of my face? It doesn't matter if I was talking to Brock Lesnar. I wouldn't tell you anyway. But you know this wasn't true, because then the Usos arrived. He was like, oh, blah, blah, and he tried to hang up the phone. So was he talking to the Beast, or was he talking to somebody else? We will find out soon. Jeff Hardy then reminded us that it doesn't matter what WWE does with him. He can be a 24-7 geek. He cannot appear on the show. He can lose to Karrion Cross. Everybody is going to love him until the end of damn time. Is that nice? I think it's nice, but it was Jeff Hardy taking on Sheamus, taking on Damian Priest for the US title. And yeah, no matter what the Irishman did or whatever the Archer of Infamy, whatever we're calling him did, every single person in this building was like, nah, bruh. I just want to see Jeff Hardy win. To the point, when we got to the end and Damian Priest was hitting Jeff Hardy and Jeff Hardy was hitting Damian Priest, we booed Mr. Priest. Now look, I still think we should push him as hard as we can because I like him, but my word, this tickled me. It also gave me the fear because I completely convinced myself the only reason that Jeff Hardy had been put up to this thing was so he could take the pinfall. And if we had done that, there probably would have been a riot. But if you can believe it, and I still can't, we didn't do that at all. This was yet another top match on a crazy card though with all the guys working their asses off and once more when we got to the final five minutes it was just near full kick out, near full kick out, near full kick out. But given this was a quote unquote B show you probably do need to overload those things because it allowed me to get into this even more. Given that we had seen so many maneuvers though I was a bit like well I wonder how this is going to end and I'll give you a couple of seconds to work it out because that's right it was with the most devastating move <laughs> in all of sports entertainment because WWE loves him. Seamus won't be happy either because he hit the bro kick onto Jeff Hardy right before this. He was like, oh my gosh, I've done it. I've won, fella. We can go out and have some points afterwards. When, yes, Damien went, nope, that's not going to happen. He did hit the surprise roll up. One, two, three. I mean, that is a crappy way to retain your title, but who the fuck cares? He and Jeff showed some love to each other afterwards to make sure everybody knows they're both good guys. And Seamus was going, oh man, I can't believe it. It's not fair. And also, do not forget, because of the name of the show, which was Extreme Rules, it's not actually called Not Extreme Rules, WWE has now told us the triple threat match is Extreme Rules. Lol. How does Jeff do this, though? Like, it's absolutely crazy. You know he always posts those videos on social media where he's got his face paint and his makeup on, he kind of looks left, looks right, then goes blink, blink. Maybe when he does that, he kind of wiggles some magic into our direction, because again, WWE, and it hits us and we're all possessed, like, oh my gosh, Jeff Hardy. I know what I'm talking about. Big E then responded to Bobby Lashley and he said he is fine with the fight. He doesn't need the new day and he accepts his challenge for Raw at the start of the show. 
which of course means it will be the main event and the opening of Raw will actually be a 22 and a half minute promo. Bianca Belair versus Becky Lynch for the SmackDown Women's title then did exactly what I thought it was going to do. And I say that because again, I went to a London house show last week with the WWE and they did this match and they took all of that goodness and they put it on this pay-per-view and it was damn good. To play off SummerSlam, Lynch went for the manhandle slam right away, but this time Bianca was like, nope, that's not happening, so she went for the KOD, and this was a great way to kick things off, because as ever, it was time for some wrestling tennis. Becky kind of stopped that when she took Bianca's hair and sort of hung her, hanged her over the top rope. That was a kind of a weird looking spot, and if you are wondering, well, who got cheered and who got booed, nobody was getting jeered. Everybody was getting, oh my gosh, we're going to believe it. So once again, I don't really think it is working, but I also don't care in this regard because the atmosphere was top. They were then playing tug of war with Bianca's hair, which I do admit looked very fun, especially because look what I've got to play with. Ain't no one doing tug of war with this. And Belair reversed that into a spine buster for a really good near fall. And that was one of the most inventive spots, I think, not only we saw on this night, but maybe in the entire year. It was a hair spine buster. They were then just transitioning and reversing out of each other's moves. But the thing we kept going back to is that Bianca Belair is the strongest. And no matter what you do, she will power out of it. And I love that because when she does do this, every single time, it looks really cool. And this was especially true when Becky Lynch went for the disarmor. And once again, Bianca was like, no, no, here I go. When all of a sudden, quite literally from nowhere, we had a surprise. Because at that moment, outrang Sasha Banks of all the people, she started to beat up Bianca Belair. And given that she did this right in front of the referee's face, he was like, well, what else do you want me to do? Ding, 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 disqualification, but bring it down, roll it up to 54. I don't really care when something like this happens though, because I was like, oh my God, just Sasha Banks, I can't believe she's back. Especially when she faced off with Becky Lynch, who was hilarious here. She was like giving her arm in so much pain, but thanks very much, thumb. But Sasha didn't care about this either. And she beat Becky up too. Now, of course, as a wrestling fan, I'm like, oh, they're gonna start doing a triple threat match. What an extreme rule. But the draft is just around the corner. I'm a bit worried they're all gonna get broken up. But a man can dream. And also, yes, there is a criticism you can hurl at WWE here. Clearly they didn't want Bianca Belair to lose and clearly they didn't want Becky Lynch to lose. So they went for nonsense instead. Now look, it was fine here because Sasha Banks is a super duper megastar. But in the future, if you don't want somebody to lose, don't book the match. This did feel like good timing though and reminded you that really, no matter what the show is, you don't know what's gonna happen. Incredibly, it was then the main event. I said, wow, where did that come from? And it baffles me that WWE understands with a show like Extreme Rules, leave the fans wanting more. But when it gets to a WrestleMania, it's like, oh my gosh, it's 99 hours. And in fact, we'll do a few more. WWE actually had some Extreme Rules with this too, finally. I've been waiting three hours for goodness sake. And it did have some intrigue, which kind of ties into the point we were just talking about. Roman Reigns was never gonna lose, but this was the demon version of Finn Balor. And he shouldn't be losing either. So what was WWE going to do? What they did come up with quite the plan, we shall talk about it. This was brilliant though, and just highlighted how good both guys are, especially at the start, because Roman Reigns got a kendo stick. He was like, ha ha, you're not gonna believe I'm gonna do with this. So Finn Balor went, well, I'll tell you what's better than one kendo stick, 97 kendo sticks, and he just started to whoop Roman Reigns' ass. And do you know what the fans did when this was happening? They didn't care that a man was being brutalized with a stick. 
They were just going, we want tables. And they did this the entire time. Honestly, somebody could have got a gun and just shot one of them. They were like, we don't care about that. We just want a table. Finn being the good baby face, they went, all right, fine. I'll go and get a table. And everybody went crazy. But then Roman Reign cut him off. And I'm sorry, we are going to have to push this table now. We've got to make the table the WWE champion. I am the table because I've never heard anything get such an evasion. They then started to wreck each other with chairs, but still this went on. And I was like, man, this is just a little bit disrespectful because they are killing themselves right now. And then when they started to brawl into the crowd, Roman Reigns just gets a round of applause because he put a mask on, which firstly makes sense because again, he is coming back from a devastating illness and he should protect himself. But also Pat McAfee on commentary was all like, oh, he doesn't want to breathe in the same air as these cretins. What a well thought out idea. Also, when they were doing this, the fans finally got what they wanted because Finn Balor was on one table, Roman Reigns was on the other, and he threw himself off of it and they both went crashing through the wood. So that there you go, new center arena, or wherever the hell we were, it was not called that. You finally got what you want. And even more near falls, which ties into everything I've already said. And I think at one point, Finn Balor kind of got revenge for Roman Reigns whacking him in the balls after a kick out because he did the same. And then he hit the Coupe de Gras, and I swear, I actually thought he had become the Universal Champion when at the very last second, those damn Usos broke it up. And of course, it is Extreme Rules, so there are no DQs. So why the hell the Usos weren't getting involved earlier? I don't know. And do you know how this ended? With Jay getting powerbombed through a table, and again, everybody in that damn audience couldn't handle it. This got even better though, because as Finn Balor was like, oh, I did it, I did it. Roman Reigns just speared him through the barricade. So you just had all this carnage and all these bodies on the floor. I thought this was pretty, pretty good. Up. And then, well, let me try and explain. Apparently when Finn Balor has been speared through a barricade and is the demon, all of a sudden he has telepathic powers when he can start controlling the lighting rig and he can access the WWE computer and push play on Finn theme music mp3 because all the lights went red his music started to play he was like wiggling and jiggling around and he got back to his feet and he just started beating everybody up i mean he hit with a chair he threw him through a table and then he started to climb the top rope to go for another coup de gras. I don't mean to laugh, but it was really funny because from nowhere with all this smoke and the music going banal, 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 the top rope just broke and down Finn Balor fell. As soon as he did crash into the mat as well, the music stopped and the lights came back on. So Roman was like, all right, fine. He gave him a spear and he got the one, two, three. Now I do not want this to take away from the match and fair play to WWE for trying something creative. I'd always rather they got the bat and took a swing. Here is the thing. One, go back and watch it now and pretend the Curb Your Enthusiasm theme music plays afterwards. And also, two, imagine somebody sniped him. You will, you will die. You will die laughing. If you watch it, imagine someone in the crowd sniped. That's what it looks like. I don't really think this worked. Nobody explained what the hell had happened either. Don't forget, Sheamus was up there earlier basically doing Jeff Hardy's dance. Apparently the top ropes could take that, but it couldn't take Finn Balor's ass. Meaning Extreme Rules closed with the blood flow going, yes, yes, we've still done it. And once more, I want to double down on this. Fair play, WWE. You tried something. Keep trying them. Don't worry what this bald asshole says about it. But just my opinion is it is getting a doubt. Actually, wait, no, I am getting breaking news. We do know why this happened. 
we're going to cut to it right now. Because it was me, it was me, the wizard in the sky, the brand new TikToker on the blog. That's right, I've been watching them again. That's right. I am such a big Roman Reigns fan that when I saw that damn Finn Balor going for yet another coup de grace, I went hullabaloo and I shot one of my magic laser beams and I snapped the top rope. So that's right. If you want to say, I've gone bad guy, you can, but I love Roman Reigns. Oh, we love you. He is the head of the table. He's my tribal chief and nobody is going to be in for the championship. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.